0: Hello, and welcome to the King's Church Podcast. Well, this is it, day three, the final day of the Christ Central Leaders Conference. Um, You may have already noticed if you've listened to the other podcasts that I am missing somebody. Uh, Jill is not here. She's not able to make it here today, unfortunately. She is missed, of course, Um, but I'm going to try and make up for it with a couple of really good interviews. First, we're going to head to Sweden, and then we're heading to the USA. Um, And let me tell you, it's just been such a joy to meet so many different church leaders this week, to be able to sit down and hear their stories and hear what God is doing in the wider church and in the family of churches that we're part of. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed hearing from these church leaders too. I hope you've enjoyed hearing about what's going on in the other churches. And uh, everybody's tired. The team here has worked so hard. um, And I'm so grateful for that. Um, And although it's sad to say goodbye, it's going to be great to have a rest. Um, But other than that, look, let's get into today's podcast. I can't wait for you guys to hear the interviews that we have. Okay, so with me here uh, right now, I have grabbed Josh and Nina uh they are here for the week at the conference and i'm just taking the opportunity just to catch up with them uh getting to know them really I you met you guys yesterday so welcome josh and nina thank
1: Thank you you very much
0: thank you uh can you tell me please first of all uh you thought i was going to ask about the church right away but i want to know about you guys and how did an english guy woo a swedish girl um and you guys have been married for how long
1: we got married 2008 yeah. So it will be 15, 15, years, 15 years, year. years in August. Mm. 15
0: years. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. much. Um, and tell me, how did you guys meet?
1: Do you want me to go? You go. Yeah. Uh, so we, the first time we met, that was in a, in a small town just outside the Lake District called mm. Cockermouth. Yeah. And I was out walking uh, with my mom and our dog, huh. uh, Labrador called Rex, and Josh was out walking with his dad don't think you had a dog with you. No. I think you were on your way to the pub mm. with your dad. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> and um we stopped because we knew Roger uh, from church. Josh wasn't in church at the time. And we just stopped and chatted on the bridge in Cockermouth going wow. over the river. That was the first time we met.
2: And I think importantly, what did your mum say to you when you uh, left that conversation?
1: Right. Yes. So my mum said, oh, that's a nice boy, Nina. <laughs> I, I was like oh no no nah. no not for me because josh wasn't it wasn't in church at the time yeah and i yeah it wasn't i wasn't we weren't at, on you know on the same what do you say same place we weren't uh, ready to meet at that time no hmm. so, <laughs> yeah yeah that was the first time but then wow. the story is longer yeah but i don't need to so, so you
0: guys that. met just on a bridge yeah. in Cockermouth, very romantic. Yeah. Um, and fast forward, <laughs> how many years to the point where you guys get married?
1: So that... Yeah, so
2: to- we, I mean, it reasonably quickly, to be honest, wow. uh, maybe about two, two and a half years later, we were, we were married. Nina was walking down the aisle, again wow. in Cockermouth. Uh, mm. So I came back to God a few months after that and mm. got very involved with church very quickly. Amazing. And that's when Nina and I really started talking Bonded over football, her love of football, my love of football. Oh, really? And, uh, wow. <laughs> no, he's joking.
1: I don't have ma- I, don't, I haven't she, got a no, big no. love of football. Well, you love no, football. No. You pretended that I you liked pretended. football, to be oh. fair, to woo me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, and then we. Yeah. And then, yeah, we got married about a year and a half after we first started dating. Mm. Wow.
0: That's amazing. So, yeah. So which year was that then? That was 2008? 2008. 2008. You got yeah. married. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so tell me then, where do you guys go to church now?
2: We go to church in Gothenburg, which is on the west coast of Sweden.
0: Exactly. Mm. So you've gone from Cockermouth Bridge uh, mm. to getting married. Uh, you, Josh, coming back into church, which mm. I'm sure is an incredible story in itself. And, mm. and how, how did you guys end up, you lead a church um, in, in Gothenburg. So how has that happened?
2: Great question. We, again, a very long, long story, but mm. we I got, Jesus really, um, he, he caught me mm. and he uh, his love for me became me falling in love with the church mm. and, and that really started a journey of, of serving, of just getting involved with the day-to-day life, of running a church and just serving, volunteering and, and more and more I fell in love with the church and Mm. with the people of the church and what Jesus wanted to do with his bride, with his church. Wow. And we were part of a planting team into Lancaster, uh, Mm. in, in the UK Mm. Northwest. and And from there we felt, no, actually God's called us to the nations. So we had some prophetic words over us. Nina is Swedish. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm from the UK from South, South England originally.
0: Are you from, uh, Gothenburg? Nina? Is that your, no. So
1: no, I lived all over Sweden. Right. But then for the law, when Josh and I met, I lived, in total of 12 years yeah. in, in the UK. Wow. So I don't feel fully Swedish. No. I feel like a mixture of yeah. English and Swedish. Mm. You know, That's it's great. weird when you live abroad.
0: But you still speak Swedish. Yeah. Yes. In You're, fact, just before the podcast started, I you had started to remind yourself Swedish. not to speak in <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> 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 I speak yeah. a lot more Swedish now.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think I sound more Swedish when I speak English now. Yeah. We so oh, speak, um, speak Swedish to my children and at work. Yeah. and. Yeah. Mm.
0: And how's your... Swedish? Oh,
2: uh, they go bra. Oh,
0: wow. It's going well. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't worry, really, I understood we, it perfectly. Yeah. We, yeah,
2: we, we uh, live in a country that loves speaking English, so it's quite hard yeah. to learn the language. Uh, you yeah. go to some nations and you have to learn the language. Mm. For us, actually, as soon as someone hears you speak English, or even try to speak Swedish with an English accent, they will, they will switch to English because wow. they want to practice their English, and, yeah. and they are brilliant there yeah um so so it's been hard to learn but i am now at a place where i can have we could take this in swedish if
0: yeah well that's amazing yeah. that i mean that in yeah. itself is very good so well done yeah. Thank that's you. amazing <laughs> uh, you've been leading the church now for how many years
2: yeah, well, we we moved over in 2014 and yeah. I was uh, speaking to you earlier about the fact that we had to, the first couple of years, just get housing and mm. bank accounts and this thing called a personal number yeah. and all those sorts of things. Uh, yeah. So we, we were gathering, we were praying with a small group of people. We were doing mm. church, but it looked very different to us what a Sunday morning would normally look like. Amazing. Uh, so, uh, but in terms of actually seeing like the church gathered and being a bit more like a normal church we've been doing that for maybe since 2016 Mm. wow um so yeah
0: that's incredible tell me something if i was an english person
2: moving to sweden what would
0: be some of the cultural things you'd need to warn warn an english person about or tell them about
1: don't come in with your shoes on (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh really a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a big so, thing
1: yeah you take always take your shoes off when mm. you come into someone's house yeah.
0: you don't ask you just do it you just do it yeah, yeah. very so good so that's a big it's thing polite in england too it just see people seem to be yeah yeah just kind of go for it you sometimes. have to do it in sweden yeah okay that's mm. good to know mm. Mm. so that there's a good warning for mm. anyone thinking yeah. about moving think to sweden
1: what other can you think of any other cultural differences i mean swedish people are very um straight talking Yes. They, you you basically say it the way it is, which, mm. which suits my personality. Well, I'm Swedish, so I'm very straight talking. <laughs> and that can be, I remember my first meeting at work, everyone was so straight talking. And I was like, what is going on? Like it was almost mm. rude. Yeah. And you have to kind of adopt, you kind of, not adopt, adapt to that. Yes. Um, Pe- know, people,
2: kind of it's a different level. In the UK, when you say what you're doing, people are actually interested. So when we hired the car here, uh, on mm. on Tuesday, people like, oh, okay, what are you do? We're going to a church conference, and they start, we had a conversation about that. Yeah, uh, in Sweden, it's a lot more closed, and oh, so if you yeah. have, if you say you're going to do something that, that anything to do with church or Jesus, it's just it's a shut door. Really, and the conversation finishes very quick. If you want to kill a conversation, mention church or Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> if you if you have ever in a hurry and you need to be off mm. somewhere, you yeah,
0: can exactly. <laughs> say Jesus yeah. and yeah. people <laughs> Um, so how does that translate to your church then like I mean when you guys look at I mean in England one of the big things to reach out to people and new new believers and Mm. to see people come in who are interested in Christianity is the alpha course for example Mm. do you find that there's like a a relearning of how to evangelize to a you know different nation different culture how does Mm. that translate those kind of if you're saying just mentioning Jesus Mm. or church closes conversation down how does that then translate to how you operate evangelism in your church?
2: I don't necessarily think we change. I think we, we tell people about Jesus. Mm. I think one thing we've been talking about recently is not to talk so much about church mm. to talk about Jesus mm. and because people have really different views of church and actually, and they have different views of Jesus, of course, but we want people to encounter Jesus, not encounter church. And it's one leads to the other, of course. Uh, so we really want to tell people about Jesus and we're aware in in Sweden, people are very wealthy. People feel that science is all you need, and they've right. got all the answers. Hmm. Um, but we wanna we wanna pray, and we wanna still tell people about Jesus. And it and it's it's a slow and it's a long work because it is a very secular nation. Yeah, uh, I think it's like the UK, but I think perhaps ten years in the future, uh, and so it is a challenge. Uh, uh, people think they've got everything they need, uh, but we we want to continue just telling people now uh, Jesus is a lot of what we've been hearing this c- about in this conference which is Jesus is the hope the gospel is the hope uh, no matter where you are wealthy, poor uh, whatever life has thrown at you mm. Jesus is the answer yeah mm. Jenny and I met you yesterday and we
0: immediately admired you because just well first of all just because you're very lovely people but at the same time we could just see your heart we could see you know what you're telling me about just jesus grabbed you and gave you a heart for the church Mm. through your love for him um and i I guess what i would say is you guys have gone and you've done it in a and every nation's different but if you could go back and tell yourself now Mm. you know back in 2014 when you moved up is that right? Uh, did I, yeah. yeah. 2014, yeah. when you moved, what would you go back and tell younger Josh and Nina about church planting? What would what do you wish you knew back then?
1: I think, yeah, I think if one thing is finding your being very secure in, in your identity in Jesus, knowing who mm. you are in Him, mm. and not having to strive. You know, always thinking I have to work. We want, of course, we want to do things well and we want to work hard mm. but knowing that i'm secure and i can rest in him and he mm. is the one mm. we know that but actually knowing that he is the one that is building his church yeah, mm. um i think yeah. one more thing is it's lonely to plant the church and it's very different i think to we were part of planting lancaster with a small group Um when we first got married we moved down to lancaster um and then we obviously moving to to Sweden, I felt like I was rich in friends. You mm. know, I had I quickly got good friends from work and I, in church. But it's lonely in mm. leadership and yeah. planting abroad. I think I actually said that to someone who's the, the couple going into Germany. I said one thing that you can't that you can't prepare for is that feeling so lonely. Mm. Um, and I think it's just connecting in with people in Christ Central, looking for yeah, friendship friendship with other leaders. And mm.
2: I also think it's. Okay, that things take time. Mm. When you first want to plant a church, oh, okay, within a year I want to be leading a church of a hundred people and mm. seeing twenty people saved, and and you know, that's like it's an okay heart. But I, I actually think it's okay for things to take time mm. and almost helpful, so that you can establish relationships, uh, so you can get to know people, mm. so that you can build and and just share values and vision and demonstrate what how we want to do church. And so I think for for me, one thing that I've learned. Is, is be, it's okay being small, yeah. and it's okay just slowly growing. We don't need to be a mega church overnight, actually, yes. and that's probably quite unhelpful. If you if suddenly fifty people come, for example, they may have completely different vision and completely different values, actually. But if we slowly grow, mm. a, and, and God is doing what He's doing at His at His speed, a, a yeah. day, you know, it's like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day, and we we really want to hold on to that and trust God that actually it's okay that things take time. Mm. Um, but that's that's a good and helpful thing in, in seeing a church that has our vision, our values established. Yeah,
0: I think it's so true, isn't it? One of the things that's constantly spoken over these this role of leading a church is around. It's almost like it's it's like moving into a house in the spring and you get a garden and and actually you have no idea what's going to grow and it's mm-hmm. like you know it's, it's just coming out of the winter. You don't know what's going to spring up where. And yes. things surprise you like, oh, I didn't know that was under the ground. And mm. um, But actually it takes mm. years to develop a garden. It mm-hmm. takes years and years. And after a couple of years, you think ah, that doesn't quite work there. Or, That's blocking mm. light there. And actually we want to rush these things. We want it to look amazing right away and to be functioning amazing right away. But actually it takes time. It takes time. Things, things that grow take time yes. to develop and to cultivate and to mm. nurture. Mm. And, and um, it's like you said, it's, allowing god to take the pressure off you yeah because he says i will build my church Absolutely.
2: and so and finding our identity in jesus okay. in that not exactly. in church size it's hmm. it's okay like there's a few times it, when you're planting a church you kind of you can the band can strike the first chord and you look around and there's no one there basically <laughs> and if you find your identity in the people that are around you hmm. then you're going to be very weak and you're going to be disappointed yeah, and, but actually if you just instead of looking behind you you look up and you look to jesus actually all of a sudden it doesn't matter if there's just one other person with you if if you're staring and you're focused and you're loving jesus then then that's that's what you know so so important so
0: powerful Mm. okay uh i have one last question for you if you uh if if someone is listening to this podcast that maybe god's just been stirring in their heart maybe put they've put on their heart a nation or Like you said, you just started to receive prophetic words. Maybe someone's at that point. What would you like to say to that person? Maybe they're weighing it up and feel a bit anxious about the thought of it, or God calling them as a couple into church planting. What would you like to say to them?
2: I can say the first thing Then maybe you wanna wanna answer as well. For me, uh, read the book of Daniel. It's a really, really good book in terms of thinking about cross-cultural mission. So Daniel's sort of plucked out of Jerusalem, put in this other foreign city, and has has this incredible mixture of going against the flow. There's some things he stands up against, his friends stand up against. And there's other things that he learns, the language. And and so I think it's such a helpful and wise sort of book in how do I move to a different culture, and and so that is one thing that I'd really encourage. Look, study the Book of Dan. You'll see how he did it, and allow that to, yeah, lead and instruct.
0: Amazing.
1: Mm. I think one thing I'd say is wherever you're at. So if you're in the in the place of waiting, maybe God has spoken to you, and you feel that God's calling you to different nations. I would I would encourage you to get involved where you're at at the time. So that, you know, you don't just wait around for God to move, but actually. Jesus is is passionate about the local church, and I would encourage anyone to just go, get super involved in the you know in the town that you're at, serve, uh, give what you have to the church, and um, that is so important, and not just wait around. But I think also speak to your leader, share your heart, uh, and just say you know God has really spoken to me about this. Um, um, but I think we learn from just serving where we're at. Sometimes we can just wait around our whole lives mm. for something to happen. And I feel actually God is calling us to 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 love the local church and to be involved there. Mm. And often when we do that, you know, and we are open with what God has said to us, you know, God opens doors. But I think that's one thing that we did. We, we were in Lancaster. God spoke to us um, in different ways, mm. uh, t- calling us to Sweden. Uh, but that was four years like, from that he spoke to where we yeah. moved. And I think what was really important wasn't that we weren't just waiting around then, but actually we we did our very best to serve um, Lancaster and really get involved there um, and be passionate about that church with the heart and the view. Yeah. Yes, God was calling us yeah, on. Just trusting
0: God that at the right time it yeah. will happen. But in the meantime, I'm going to get on with what mm. he's He's yes. called me to do. Mm. That's so powerful. Josh mm. and Nina, you have been amazing guests. Thank you so much for just sharing yeah, a little you. bit about your thank life and your story. I feel like I could talk to you guys all day in all honesty. I've got mm. so many questions for you, but I said I would keep it short. You guys haven't had lunch yet, <laughs> so I really appreciate you giving me some time oh, yeah. and uh, we will be praying for you as a church thank and I'm you. sure everybody listening to this will just be praying for you guys as well. Okay. and thank I hope much. this isn't the last time I get to sit down and talk to you guys. so no, <laughs> thank you so be good much to thank talk you. Again. Yeah all yeah. right, bless you guys.: Thank you. Okay, so I've grabbed uh, Warren Warren, nice. welcome to the studio. Hey, thanks, Michael. It's good
3: to be here. Uh, as you can hear from Warren's accent, he is not from Darlington. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> you are from Yeah, from Lebanon, Oregon, in the United States of America, on the farthest west part of this, the nation. Wow. Welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah, you long, how, how long is your flight to get here?: It's about well, it's about a six hour and then another seven hours. Yeah. Flight time. And then you have about a. You always have a delay, obviously, in the middle. We're from New York Mm. to Manchester. Yeah.
0: And how many times have you been to the UK before?
3: Well, we were here in 2007, 2008. um, And early on as we were kind of looking into new frontiers. Mm. And so we came to the Brighton Conference, the the one with Mark Driscoll, and then the one after that when they actually was our last one um, in Brighton.
0: The infamous one, the one I've read about in Terry's book.
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. We were there. <laughs> and we still said we want to be part of New Frontiers in the middle of all of that. It was yeah. so fun. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah.
0: you uh, have been part of New Frontiers since about that time, 2008, 2008.
3: Yeah, 2009, I think we kind of officially said, hey, we want to connect with New Frontiers. And then in 2012, we connected with Confluence, which was New Frontiers USA at the time. Yeah. And so, and then in 2020, we connected with Christ Central.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's still a new relationship there yeah absolutely that
3: absolutely and how did you meet jeremy then how did that come about actually it came lee arbor and i were good close friends for a long period of time mm. and then he when we were kind of looking at at transitioning or even, even thinking about um our connection mm. and there were some things that were changing within confluence and so uh, because of our relationship and because New Frontiers is such a relational movement, mm. uh, he said, Hey, you know, if you're looking at connecting relationally, why don't you connect with me? I'm with Christ Central, and why don't you come down in January 2020 and connect with Jeremy and Roger and Andy Robinson? And, oh, and Nick great. was there as well. And so we did. We went in January 2020 and we just fell in love with the team and and just felt like, Hey, this is who we're supposed to be relating with relationally. And wow, so yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, so, cool. your church is. What's your church called?
0: River Center. River Center Church. Yes. Lebanon, Oregon.
3: Oregon, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah.
0: And um, tell me a little bit about how long have you been in that church? I'm, I'm presuming okay. you're married, but you yes. may or not be. So no, you're married. Yeah. Tell us about your wife. How old? Uh, ha, sorry, not how old. <laughs> I, that I'm is an inappropriate question. Uh, I didn't need to. <laughs> what I was thinking was, how long have you been married? But what I said was how old. Yeah. Uh, so your wife's name? Kim. Kim, yeah. and she's not with you on this trip?
3: No, she's not. She would okay. love to be with me, but she's unable to get Well, my daughter, who's 22, is wow. getting married in September. And so wow. she's taking time off for that. And so it's difficult to take more time off to come here, even though she would love to. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't work out. How? This is the question I meant to ask. Okay. How long have you and Kim been married? We've been married. It'll be 29 years this 29 December years. coming up. Yeah. yeah. And, and both of us uh, pretty much grew up in Lebanon. Yeah, uh, I was born in California, but then we moved to the Oregon area, Portland actually primarily. Then moved to Lebanon. My dad had a job as a teacher, mm. and then the church that we are in currently actually was planted from someone from the Wolf from well from Nova Scotia area. Oh wow! Um, right where Joe Crummy is and, yeah. and their team and and went to Alaska and then from there planted the church in Lebanon. Huh. And so there was a team from Canada met someone in America. They planted a church in Lebanon. And wow. that was in 1974. In 1978, my dad became the lead pastor. Right. And he was there until 2008. Then I became the lead guy. Wow. But Kim and I were part of a church plant in Washington for seven years where both of our children were born huh. up in Washington in a little town called Graham. And the church is part of New Frontiers. They're part wow. of Confluence, actually. Uh, but doing great, thriving uh, up Amazing. there in Washington. And, and then we moved back. Cause my dad had his second open heart surgery right. to kind of health some health issues and asked if we want to come and be part of Lebanon again. And we mm. prayed about it and said, okay, let's do that. So in 2001, we moved back to the Lebanon area. Yeah. And then in 2008, I became the lead, the lead elder wow. of the church there in Lebanon.
0: So you've been leading that church for 15 years now. Yes. Then. Yes. And uh, just tell me a little bit about your church. Tell me about what makes your church your church. What, what's I, special
3: about? I I, I would say, and, and I've shared this before and I'll share it here again is in the 90s, we we came to a place, we had a Christian school, but we were very introspective. We very much were, not that we didn't love our community, but we realized we weren't as welcoming, we weren't as intentional about loving our community. And so we had this meeting, and, and, I, and I was, you know, in the 90s, I wasn't married yet, I got married in 94. But we, but I was part of, of the team, I was part of what was going on, and so there was this conversation around the table about, if we didn't exist, if we closed our doors tomorrow, would our city even know that we closed mm-hmm. our doors? And the hardest thing was to answer that honestly, because some of us were like, oh yeah, we got a Christian school. So we asked this question, how many people in our Christian school or in our community and not in our church? I think there were two, wow. two people. And so we had to be honest and say, our city wouldn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And we already had, a, our church was behind a 10 acre orchard. Mm-hmm. And so there was a sign on the street, but you couldn't see our building. You couldn't see anything. We were all way behind this big fruit tree orchard. Wow. And, and so we just were challenged by that. And what happened is that it, it instantly challenged to the place of faith going, we need to hire a community outreach pastor. What hmm. are they going to do? We don't know. The, hmm. we, we will just create a job. And so Lynn Cohen, who's here with us, right. was that truck driver that we hired to say, hey, would you be willing to work for the church? Even though you've been working for Willamette Industries for 20 years, we want to leave that behind huh. and come on staff. And he said, yes. And w- in that moment, he went to... Um, The city council, he he went to the city hall and just walked in and said, hey, um, we're a church here in town. Now, we've been in town for 20 years, but they didn't really know us. And so he said, we're a church here in town. Um, What can we do to serve your city? Hmm. We'll do whatever. And so next thing you know, one thing after the other, we're doing this project and that project. (laughs) and." And we've gone from a place of where we were, n- where we would say, "Hey, our church, our city wouldn't know if we closed it." To now, we realize that our city wouldn't allow us to close our doors hmm. because we're so intricately, I mean, just involved. We actually have a dental clinic that, twice yeah, a week, people wow. come in and get dental care, full blown root canals. Hmm. I mean, oral care that you would think wouldn't happen in our church building wow. are happening, and. And we realized that now we we would see that God has placed us in our city to love on our city, to Incredible. be Christ in our city. And we've just intentionally stepped that out. Actually, a lot of what you guys do here, mm. as I've kind of wandered around while yeah. I've been here, it's like talking to the people in the food bank and the furniture. We, mm. we, we have what's called a furniture share, kind of similar to what you guys do. Oh, right! And it's like, oh, my word, it's amazing how much... People kind of just love loving people, mm. and we give that opportunity every day. It's funny you
0: say that because I mean, it's first of all, it's incredible to hear that story. Yeah, uh, but just hearing that question is the same question that was asked of us all mm-hmm. those years ago, and that that question of would you community notice? Would you community? Right. And that has driven every decision that's been made, really, mm-hmm. in in the center in terms of how do we set the center up. Um, it's been set up we want it to serve the community of of course the church needs to use it but you know actually we want this to be a community center so the cafe the food bank the furniture scheme the you know the stuff that's on in midweek right we want people to be in here we want to we want to create those connections so it's so incredible to hear that testimony of how that's worked out your side as well yeah and Actually, the dentist chair is something I've heard about. Yeah. Um. I think through a prayer day or Christ Central prayer day. Yeah. Um. So am I right in saying? I mean, um, I spent time in Canada. Um. But in the UK, uh, dental care is free. Um. It's something that is part of your NHS treatment, your National Health Service treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true in the US. Correct. So, so tell me a little bit about how the church loves people
3: through dental care. Yeah. One thing w- we found is that when we, we had our food bank, and we asked people there, what, what is a need that is not being met by your community? Hmm. And because of what people were on as far as their uh, poverty line, they said oral, oral care hmm. is something that we um, aren't, being, aren't being met within our, within our city, isn't hmm. being met within our city. And so we met with, um, with the hospital. We met with um, called Lynn Benton Food uh, or Lynn Benton Dental Services, and we said, hey, how can we partner together? And it started out with vouchers. It started out, and, and so what we did is, is we meet with people on a regular every Monday and get to know people and discover what is their primary need. Is, is it is it financial need? Because we have what's called Lebanon basic services, which mm. meets for if they have rent, if they need rent payments or utility services, we help that. We help provide financial need for that. Mm. And then if there's food or clothing, we have that as well on Monday afternoons. Amazing. And then if there's medical care, then we actually, and especially dental care, because there is mental care available or, or, or um, uh, medical care available to them. Mm. But what, what what was happening is that people, when they had an oral issue, would go to the hospital mm. and the hospital would give them just some temporary, you know, painkillers and things like that then send them on their way. Mm-hmm. Well, now, because of the relationship we have with the hospital, they know where to send them. They said, hey, you don't need to be here, but the River Center, you go on Mondays, they actually meet with you. They talk about the triage of what needs to happen. Yeah. And then Tuesday, if it's just a cleaning or a filling or something like that, it will be taken care of. Now, if wow. it's a deeper need, then we'll walk through with that with you. And wow. what we have found is, is the person that actually uh, facilitates that goes to our church. And mm, so but wow. Vanessa meets with them one on one with each individual and cares for them and, and finds out what their other needs are. And so there's this collective need within our facility. And and, it's, and I love you call this the King Center. Well, we're yeah. called the River Center wow. because w- we said we, we didn't want to put a church name on it mm. because we realized it's a center where, where the city can come to yeah. and have their need. Spiritual need? Absolutely. We pray mm. with them. We walk with them. We, we have services throughout the week that they're more than welcome to be a part of. But there's also other needs here at the River Center that yeah. we'll meet as well. Yeah. And so what we have found is there's just been this connection and you have people getting baptized, people getting saved. Mm. Because, and it's not, you ha- oh, you have to be saved to come and have these services. Well, no. Yeah. But because of the relationship, people are vulnerable, they're in need, and there's other mm. mental, other health needs that are going mm. on that they just, quit, just open up yeah, because you realize, hey, because w- one, one thing we've always said to people is that we'll always be here. Mm. So if you need the, uh, m- maybe you don't need this need now or whatever. Just come back. I said, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And that sustainability, that that safety and that peace of mind yeah. that there's always a place they can go to. Yeah. Has been just a huge benefit for our city and even for our, our church family. A- as we see ourselves as Christ in our church, mm. that we say, hey, we we, we god's created a place where people can come to yeah and we just kind of walk with people
0: that's incredible yeah just hearing you tell that story so inspirational actually yeah. and um i guess what i would love to know is what what's this week looked like for you warren i mean uh, have you had something that's really impacted you Have you heard somebody speak that you're like wow and you know th- i'm going to take that home with me or yeah has God has God done anything this week in
3: you that- yeah yeah it is, uh, sorry it's a personal no, Michael, question that, but i'm that, going that, to no, ask that you that, 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 that's a good question um be, because th- this is our first actions exposure whatever you know with coming together because of covid mm. it didn't happen in 2020 yeah and so this is 2023 we've finally been able to come over versus we've had jeremy over a couple of times um and andy and others but i, I think w- when you and i just said this to um um, Joseph and Lily, who yeah. are in Zambia, yes, and 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 God's kind of orchestrated even this week. We've spent a lot of time with them, hmm. and we've been in Tanzania, and and I said to Joseph this morning, I said, I said one of the reasons why we're here is to connect with you. Mm. It's, like, it's like God has, has brought us, and yeah, there's other things like the teaching. There's so, I mean, I said, it's like drinking out of a fire hose, a fire hydrant, <laughs> right? It's just so much information. Yeah. I can't wait to go back and, and re-listen to things yeah, and, me too. And, and just soak it all in again. Mm. But I said to Joseph, I said, I said, there's something unique that's happening. As, as we've been in Tanzania now since 2012, mm. not with a Christ Central Church, not with even a New Frontiers Church, but with another movement. Yeah. Has planted over 2,000 churches in, in Tanzania, in Kenya. And so we're learning so much from that movement. I, I said, but there's something we're missing that Zambia and what God's doing in Ghana. Yeah. I said, I want to see how we can connect the dots here. Mm. And so in this time, we've orchestrated that in Maine. I'm going to go spend a month in Tan, in Africa. And wow. and spend time with Joseph, spend time with Michael, spend time with the with the movement that we're currently working with wow. and see how we can connect some of the things that that we're doing in all these different nations mm. together to serve the people in those communities.
0: That's incredible. Yeah.
3: So just those connections.
0: I mean, yeah. let alone the worship, the teaching, oh, everything else. Which is and awesome. I think that's one of the yeah. most powerful things for me about this conference. I mean, for, for our church, it looks a little bit different because we're serving and we want to look sure. after people. But actually, you know, and so to miss the teaching, actually mm. Gavin last night was the first time oh. I got to hear someone speak this, well, that's a good this week. Yeah. It was a good one to yeah. to get to, but um, but actually what really blesses all of us here, you know, on staff or volunteering wow. is actually those connections that we make mm-hmm. with the other churches, you know, meeting people like you or just before yeah. you have been speaking to the guys from Gothenburg. Those connections, actually, you know that you're not alone. You know that God's yeah. on a global mission yeah. to see his church you know, Bill, uh, as his bride before him. And, and I think, you know, as, as a church, we want to glorify God and, yeah. and actually those connections when we come together and we, and we take care of each other and encourage one another, um, it is just really amazing, isn't it? It's, it it's really just is. such a good environment to be in and it kind of builds you up to go back with yeah. the fire in your belly and oh, yeah. get going again. Oh yeah. Um, Warren, I am very conscious that you're missing the last session because you're talking to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so I want to thank you so much. Yeah, um, life. I, I want to ask you so many things, but I'm yeah. resisting and <laughs> instead I'm going to just release you to go and just thank you so much. Thanks for just sharing a little bit about your church. I know there's so much more you could tell me about. I haven't asked about Sunday mornings and yeah, the life groups or your home sure. groups. I haven't, yeah. about, even, uh, really I haven't asked about even really, I am asked about, um, the town in which you live in and mm-hmm. city, sorry, um, which you live in. So, um, I just want to say to you, thank you for giving me your time. Yeah. And, uh, I, uh, we just pray that you have a safe flight back thanks Michael you enjoy
3: your daughter's wedding in September yes absolutely I I will and and it's an honor just to be here with you during this time Mm. uh, and just seeing what what God's doing with this church but our churches because I I feel like this is our church too I mean we're all part of the family Mm. and it's awesome just to to rejoice together I mean we we weep and we rejoice together in all the things that we go through but Mm. it's so awesome just not to be doing it alone yeah that we do it in community with one another so thanks so much amen to that thank you so much enjoy the
0: rest of the conference thanks man and that's it for today's podcast thank you so much for those who have listened I really hope you got a lot out of the stories from Gothenburg and Oregon. But I also hope that you got a lot out of the podcast this week. We've really enjoyed making them. We've been challenged and prompted ourselves by the stories that we've heard and hearing about God's faithfulness, not just here in the UK, but all over the world as he builds his church. Um, if you enjoy these podcasts, we'd love to hear from you send us a message on social media or drop us an email whatever works best we'd just love to hear uh, how God's spoken to you through them or things that have inspired you or touched you through hearing about what God's doing Um, and I pray that you have a great week and we'll catch up with you real soon